Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Yes. Good morning, it is. It's Annie from Showreel 3CR and we're talking Australian film industry. And that uh, delightful little grab that we've been playing, uh, Fred Dagg, from quite a long time ago, of course, uh, when um, uh, you'll find that uh, our late belated and uh, lovely man who uh, was, of course, Fred Dagg, appears again, in uh, sort of rising from the dead in the latest uh, McAuliffe vehicle that, where uh, the character that McAuliffe plays is a resurrected politician. They dust, dust him off and uh, shine him up from his past uh, dreadfulnesses and uh, are reeling him out again as a candidate. And John Clark is in the uh, ad for it. So obviously this was one of the last things that John did. He is a, a sadly missed, wonderful, uh, satirical heart of uh, of Australia who died recently, of course. Fred Dagg was one of his personifications from a very long time ago, really, uh, from the last century, in fact, <laughs> when he used to do a lot of this stuff at... Triple R, actually, uh, a fellow uh, community ra- public radio station here in Melbourne, uh, which was a uh, forerunner in championing Australian culture, modern Australian culture, as well as 3CR, of course. Anyway, let's get on with business. I spoke to Bill Bennett. Bill Bennett is an acclaimed Australian filmmaker. You might remember one of his films, which really... Uh, punched above its weight, called Kiss or Kill. As I said, it's a great name. He's uh, made um, a variety of other feature films as well, of course. But uh, recently he uh, made a sauté into documentary filmmaking. He is not unfamiliar with uh, that format. As I open the interview, you'll find out, of course, that Bill Bennett was started his career as a ABC journalist, which is interesting in, in itself. Anyway, this is a film that uh, is called PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System, and it's uh, going to, it came out on the 11th of October and you might have read a few things about it. It's a personal exploration into something that uh, 
piqued his interest quite a long time ago when he, through a piece of personal intuition, saved himself from being mowed down by a semi-trailer. He literally changed his behaviour because of an internal voice. And he was determined to discover a little bit more about why people get internal voices, that why they have intuition. And that, of course, is the motivator for the film. And it took him on a, a, an interesting filmmaking journey for a man who is a, a self-confessed control freak, <laughs> which is quite funny. So let's hear from Bill. Now, you've got a very strong background in feature filmmaking as well as uh, a base in a journalistic uh, world. Uh, have those two things melded together in the making of PGS? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, there's no doubt that I, I certainly approached um, the film with, um, with, the, with the of a journalist initially. Um, but, <laughs> you know, Annie, I, I was I was never really a terribly good journalist because I always like to embellish things, which is not something really you should do as a journalist. And um, so I was... Um, and by embellish, I mean, you know, you know look, look for the really strong story angle. Yeah, OK. Um, not not, not uh, cook-up facts. You know, you, uh, of course, I was trained at the ABC and... Um, uh, I had a rigorous training, um, news, current affairs, four corners, and so forth. But give emphasis but, uh, to certain things rather than other things because they were more interesting. Well, I, uh, in terms of my movement into features, um, I, I found the journalists constricting me, and I really, I really wanted to explore explore ideas in a, in a dramatic form. Um, to get back to your question as to whether there's been a melding between journalism and feature filmmaking, um, probably, um, you, you know, the craft of filmmaking now is really deeply embedded in me after 30 years of, of uh, working in this business. Um, but essentially, this is um, this film, PGS Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System, um, is a factual account of my searching for the source of a voice which saved my life. Yes, that's right. So, so in fact, you would have had to have uh, bring it right down in terms of technical support and all that sort of stuff. How do you, it was, It's more like a diary, isn't it? Well. <laughs> It is a little bit a diary that lasts, you know, eighteen years. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that how you but, um, is that how long it took to do this? Yeah, yeah it did. Um, the, what what prompted this was I heard a voice as I was approaching an intersection, um, and the voice told me to slow down. Fortunately, I listened to the voice. I did slow down, and I narrowly missed being killed by a truck that ran a red light. That actually happened in 1999, and it took me a long time then to really get to the point where I felt that I knew enough to begin to make the film. Um, you know, I've been working on this film really ever since then. So, so, um, so what you're so, saying, I'm jumping in here, does that mean that you, you were making this film on the side, as it were? No, not really. Um, what happened was, after that near-death <laughs> near experience, if you want to call it that, 
Um, I I started to I, I didn't think at really initially that there I, I didn't think wow this is the base of a film I, I didn't think that at all I was more um, intrigued as to as, as to what happened you know what was that voice and where did it come from and why was my life saved and those were three questions really that um, kept me kept me curious kept me going um, and it wasn't really until about five or six years later that I started to think that perhaps um, those three questions could be formulated into a film that, um, that could both um, satiate my, my curiosity. You know, it would be an exercise in me fi- finding out what that voice was, but it could also lead to a longer film or a more in-depth film about intuition. Well, because the, the reason why I ask this is because... Uh, it's a very difficult thing to do what what is effectively an essay in a sense visually you have to work out various ways where you're going to keep the uh interest of the audience in a visual sense so did was that a challenge well, it was a huge challenge but the bigger challenge was you know how do you how do you make a film on intuition? Well, um, yeah. Where, 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 do you, where do you start from and, and, and what do you include and what do you not include? Whose perspective do you tell the story from? What, what tone should you adopt? What style, film, you know, filmic cinematic style should you adopt? All of these sort of things. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very tricky. I, I knew that the film would be interview heavy um, because I've seen so many films on New Age stuff, if you like. I mean, I don't regard this as a New Age film, but I've seen these films where you've got people talking, you've got these shots of waterfalls and old people, run, you know, walking along the beach with sunset holding hands and slow motion <laughs> shots of, you know, flowers opening and all this sort of stuff. And to be quite frank, I I didn't want to go that way because I regard I regard those films as using visual techniques to hide a lack of substance. I wanted this film to have substance. Um, you know, there's going to be some people who get it, some people don't, who don't. But um, but I wanted this film to be dense, you know, dense with information and usable information that people can actually use so that they can learn to trust their intuition and bring their intuition into their, into their everyday life. So when you're uh, using visual uh, metaphor, as it were, you, you, you're doing that to really when it's describing your own personal journey. Yeah, um, yeah. The film is broken up. The film, film is broken up into chapters. There is, um, I think, a five-minute introductory piece, which basically sets up the whole thing and tells a story about the, you know, the new crash with the truck and so forth, and then the introduction details then. You know, the fact that I, I travelled all over the world to interview all of these different types of people, straddling the fields of science, spirituality and religion. Um, and then the film then is broken up into chapters, and the chapters are, you know, what was that voice? Could it have been karma? You know, how do we access our intuition and so forth? Um, interspersed, I call it interstitial. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a term or not, but... Um, it will in use between it. all of these, uh, you know, use a simple term. In between, <laughs> in, in, in between, in between all these chapters, there is a progression of, if you like, my story of how I'm, how I'm responding to this and how this impacts on me. 
Now, I have to say, um, up until January of this year, I was never in the movie. It was never my intention to put myself in the movie. Ah, interesting. I, I completed a cut um, around about October, October, November last year that had that had the setup, and then it had these chapters. But but there were no there were no in between segments of myself. It was just chapter to chapter to chapter, and then I did a little you know quick sort of summation at the end. I showed this film to a lot of people in Australia, and I took it overseas and showed it to people there. And the overwhelming note that I got back was, yeah, that's all well and good, Bill, but number one, it's very dense, and number two, where did you go? You know, you introduce it, and then and then you disappear for the whole movie, and then you pop up very briefly <laughs> at the end. We want we want to see we want to see how we want to see your filter, basically. We want to see your interpretation of this, how it impacted on you, um, and we want you to take us through this whole thing. Well, I came I came back to Australia after after showing this to a lot of people overseas. And I thought very deeply about this. I never wanted to be in the film because I've never thought of myself as any kind of expert or any kind of... Um, I didn't want to set myself up as a guru or anything like that. Um, but I, I understood what they were saying and it, I guess it occurred to me that, that if you personalise a story like this, it's more accessible. And so I had to take a deep breath... <laughs> knowing that I was going to really put myself out there by doing this. Um, and then I, in late in January, early February, I went out on Vanilla Ball and I shot a whole lot of footage, which now constitutes those um, in-between chapters. Yeah, they're pretty remarkable shots. I was, I was quite taken with the fact that uh, they were quite solidly Australian images. Yeah, well, look, you know, the wonderful thing is, and the reason I shot on the Nullarbor, I shot on the Nullarbor and, and York Peninsula and um, the Air Peninsula, um, is because I wanted um, I wanted the landscape, and I shot at very particular times of the day as well. It was very early in the morning, very, very late at night, late in the evening. I've got that very beautiful, uniquely Australian, um, you know, early and late light. Um what I was wanting was I was wanting the landscape to represent the inner landscape of the mind. Um, you'll notice that there are no other cars in the shot. There are no other... Um, there's no... Other than, I think, there's a shot of a church and a graveyard and stuff like that. There's yeah, really yeah, no right. signs of habitation unless they really properly inform what that chapter is saying. Um, you know, so I was wanting almost kind of like... Um, how can I say it? Uh, you know, like an end-of-the-world kind of landscape. And the Nolanbor does that beautifully. <laughs> yeah, well, it certainly does. For one night only, the Great Forest National Park is coming alive at Howler, Brunswick, October 29th at 7pm. Celebrate our diverse Victorian wilderness through provoking forest projections and performances by Shane Howard, Zach Sabre and DJ Dillian Page. All proceeds go towards the Wilderness Society's work on the Great Forest National Park campaign. Tickets are just $25 from Moshtix. That's moshtix.com.au. Just search for Howler. So come and enjoy a unique night out and be wilder. Be Wilder is a 3CR supporter. You're on, you're on Showreel with Annie at 
3CR and uh, we're talking about Australian film industry. Uh, We're particularly talking with Bill Bennett who uh, is a very well-known feature filmmaker who has decided to make a film called PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. It's uh, been out since October the 11th and done the rounds of uh, international festivals. It's done very well, but it's a look at intuition, effectively. Uh, his, his after a personal event that uh, informed him of the powerful nature of intuition. So let's continue with uh, our chat with Bill. How did you choose all the uh, people that you went to speak to? How did that happen? Well, look, that's actually a really interesting question because um, I started off the film um, without any set agenda. I didn't know who I was going to talk to. I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, it's not like I had a list. It's not like I, I had done my research and you know, had a list of the top 25 you know, intuitive experts in the world and I was going to knock them off one by one. In fact, I was that wondering how anybody would have a list like that. Oh, you can, I'm sure you can knock it out. You get a researcher to do, you know, do that, or you can do it yourself. And, you know, you, would, you, you could do it. But, but I, here's the weird thing. I was forced to make the film intuitively. And I ended up with you know, some of the top minds studying and researching and teaching intuition in the world, but I was led to them. I was led to them intuitively, and I can't describe it any better than that, other than I would do an interview with somebody, and they would say, where are you going next? And I'd say, oh, I've kind of got a feeling that I should go to Manchester. And I'd say, oh, Manchester, well, if you go to Manchester, you really should see Michael Tamura. You know, oh, wow. He'd, he'd be, you know, and then I'd go to Michael Tamura, and he'd say, where are you going next? And I'd go, oh, I'm going back to the, the West Coast. And, oh, West Coast, hold on a second, I'm going to call James Van Prague. He would be really interested to talk to you in this film. And, you know, James Van Prague turns out to be one of the most popular um, clairvoyance and, and spiritual mediums in all of America. And it's impossible to get interviews with these people. Carolyn Mace. Carolyn Mace, of course, is world famous. Um, I was led to all of these people. I, I never, ever had, um, you know, like a to-do list of, oh, I've got to get an interview with Carolyn Mace. Of the film, I didn't even know who Callan Mace was. I didn't know who half these people. No, not half. Probably, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know anything. <laughs> I, I just followed my my nose, and by by saying I followed my nose, I followed my intuitive guidance. Now, did I was wondering at some stages in that film about uh, filming is not can be quite in uh, intrusive. Uh, these days, it's true that uh, cameras are smaller and. Uh, more uh, efficient, uh, lighting, uh, sound, all that sort of stuff. But did you take a little crew or were you the one that was managing it? Well, it was a combination of both. Um, I, I started off shooting it myself. Um, I'm a photographer from way back, but I needed to skill myself. Uh, absolutely, I needed to skill myself before I set out in terms of, you know, um, the, you know the technicalities of of high-end video, video production. Yeah, it's that's a right. Cinema film. And also yeah, you've cinema got film. another role. You, you're actually having to uh, involve yourself in conversation with someone Absolutely. and thinking it, was, it through. Exactly. It's really hard. So here I am, you know, on location. I've, got, uh, I've set up the camera. I've set up the lights. I'll, I'm recording sound. 
by recording sound. I never used radio mics. I always hardwired uh, Lavalier mics and was operating operating this, the uh, Tascam, the sound recording device, by by on a little stool by where I was sitting. Yeah. So I was photographing, <laughs> recording sound. <laughs> Pretty tough. And doing the interview. And doing the interview. Yeah, but it worked out okay. Um, you know, and the quality. The quality, I, I was absolutely knocked out by the quality of the stuff. And then on other occasions, I brought in, um, you know, specialist doc- documentary people to do some. But it, but um, and by that, it was only ever one person. So the crew, the crew at any given point on this film, was no bigger than three. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Now that makes complete sense because. Otherwise, it would be about the filmmaking rather than about the subject. You're absolutely right. Um, for me, this was all about um, all all about the subject. Um, I don't think I did an interview. I did 78 interviews. I've only used 25 in the in the final film. But um, no interview went less than 45 minutes, and some interviews went um, 90 minutes. Ooh, well, so, so I, I had a lot of <laughs> editing, and really, and really, the, I, I had I only had three questions that I that I had set up really when I started each interview. What was that voice? Where did it come from? And why why did that voice save my life? And those three questions then propelled me into the interview. And really, you know, because I've been trained as a journalist, I was very comfortable in in following the conversation and allowing the people room and scope. To really articulate, um, you know, what they wanted to do, I, I would just follow the conversation. Yeah, yeah, which is the the skill of it all, and also the um, bread and butter makes it, it it gives it depth. The uh, thing that I was interested in then is uh, how did you actually uh, tailor it all together? What was the editing process? Well, that's a, that's not a really good question. Um, I, I I came back the, well, for a start. The editing took eighteen months. Hmm. In fact, I think it's t- taken a little bit longer, about 20 months. Doesn't surprise uh, me. It, um, you know, for a documentary, that's pretty unusual. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I mean, it's a lot, but you've, there's a lot of things that you were doing, and also it's a personal journey too, isn't it? Well, yeah, like I say, I, I didn't initially... I, I, you know, I only sort of came to it as a personal journey right at the end, but, but I've got to say, when I started out, I didn't have a clue. I mean, I'm, I'm an experienced filmmaker, and this film absolutely flummoxed me. I, I didn't. I didn't know where I was going, what the style would be, what the tone would be, what the aesthetic would be, um, what the story would be. I, I mean, I, I was keeping a journal at the time, and there would be times when I, I would be in absolute despair. Um, and what I what I did was this: I sat down with the editor, and each interview I, I broke down into categories, what we called bins, and each interview would have sometimes. 15, 20 bins. So, you know, say in a 90-minute interview, we'd, we'd um, you know, there'd be a bin for what was that voice, there'd be a bin for was it an angel, there'd be a bin for, um, um, you know, how does the third eye connect with intuition, there'd be a bin for um, do you need to be religious to believe in intuition, you know, stuff like this. There'd, there'd be a yeah. whole bunch of categories. Um, and then what we did is, is um, through software metadata, we then pulled out key phrases. You know, there are, mm. there are key, phrase, key phrases like "pay attention to the little things." Um, um, you know, you, you know, there, there'd be a, a whole bunch. So each interview was broken down into these bins, and then further broken down into metadata. Um, 
And this mm. took literally about six months. Mm. But at the end of it, at the end of it, I then had um, the basis then for putting that those grabs then into a structured uh, chapter. So what I would do, I'm very controlling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but what I would do, I would I would say to Rishi, the editor, right, you've got three days, put together a chapter that that, um, that that discusses how to access your intuition. And then I'd, I'd go away and I'd fiddle my thumb, fiddle my fiddle my thumbs and so forth, and then and then come back and see what Rishi had done. And Rishi would invariably have a cut of somewhere between thirty and forty minutes. And then from that. I would then sit with him and we would whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down until it was about seven or eight minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that, but it took a long time. Like I said, yeah, you're a 18 demon. months. I'm impressed. 18, well, you know, I'd like to say it came easily, Annie, but it didn't. I mean, this film has absolutely taken me right to, right to the edge in terms of, you know, my, my sort of... I mean, you look at the film now and it all flows. Yeah. And, and it all's got a logical kind of you know structure and rhythm, and it all looks so easy. Um, but my goodness, the you know I can't begin to tell you the thought um, and the attention to detail that went into it to get it to that point. What's been the reception generally? Um, I don't really know. I, I had a I had a if you like a test screening in America earlier this year in Missouri. The film was invited to uh, screen for. A bunch of about 150 um, intuitive professionals um, from all over America at a big holistic medicine summit. I'll have to say that only in America could there be intuitive professionals. Oh yeah, oh, it's huge over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. Um, anyway, the film just got this resounding applause at the end, and some people even gave a standing ovation. Ooh. Um, and I wasn't quite sure whether or not they were stretching that into it. Was, you know, genuine standing ovation. I'm not quite sure. I will claim it as a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the response we got from that was really, really strong. And that was for people working in the field. You see, I haven't made the film for those people. I've made the film for punters. I've yeah. made the film for people who you know might be sceptical about intuition but have a curiosity. Um, you know, you've seen the film, so 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 you understand that that's the angle that I've taken. I mean, I, I have approached the film from Intuition One Hundred and One perspective, if you like. Oh, from a person who, from ordinary people who have intuition, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for spending some time with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tilda is Melbourne's trans and gender-diverse film festival, created to showcase and support the work of trans and gender-diverse filmmakers, along with works that have trans and gender-diverse content. Join Tilda at the Footscray Community Arts Centre, October 26th to 29th, for our 2017 festival, filled with cinema, community and celebration. Head to tildemelbourne.com for program details and tickets. That's T-I-L-D-E melbourne.com, a 3CR supporter. And also coming up is the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, which starts October the 28th to November the 3rd. 
and it is the 18th. If you want to know more about it, you should check the full program and details at www.muf.com.au. That's M-U-F-F. Coming up next is Published or Not, Sayonara Baby. We're going to go out with future Beth King and the Hemingway Company. Pausing in the present and we're so hyper away Insufficiency or favour trying You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.